What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of In No Hurry. I am your host, Cole Douglas Claiborne. So happy to be back with you guys for another episode. The music that you are hearing, as always, is from my good friend, Ryan Allwart. He just had an album come out in early July. It is a 70s covers album called 72. Make sure you go check that out. Guys, as you know, I am a huge sports fan, and right now we were supposed to have the Olympics going on. Obviously, with the coronavirus, we are going to have to wait another year for that. But to sort of fill the Olympic void that we are in, the next two weeks I will feature conversations with two Olympic athletes. The first one this week is with Carlin Isles, who is the fastest rugby player in the world. Carlin is the star for the Team USA rugby team, and I got to interview him earlier this spring for a story that I did for Sports Spectrum magazine, and he's just got an awesome story. The way that he came to faith and really honestly the way that he ended up playing rugby is quite a fascinating story. So I think you guys will enjoy this conversation. I think you'll learn a lot about what it takes to be great at a sport and a lot of the ways that he has approached his sport or sports that he has played. I think those tactics and that mentality are things that we can put toward whether it's our job or anything that we're interested in that we want to be good at. I just love his approach to everything. So I'm happy to have Carlin on the show this week. Seriously, he is the fastest rugby player in the world. He runs like a 4-2 40-yard dash, which if he was running in the NFL combine would be the fastest time in history. He's super, super fast. He's going to be fun to watch in next year's Olympics, and I hope you guys will enjoy this conversation with him. Here is Team USA rugby star Carlin Isles. All right, well, Carlin Isles is my guest this week. Carlin, I know it's been kind of a crazy year for you as an athlete. You were training for the Olympics this summer, and obviously with the coronavirus, those are not happening. Just walk me through what this year's been like for you as a professional athlete, and obviously you're preparing for something that you wait four years for, and then a virus comes and pushes it off another year. So what's 2020 been like for you as a person and as an athlete? Um, as, as an athlete, it's been, it's been a lot, um, especially when you, you know, wait another four years for another dream to come true. And it's postponed another year. And you never know with another year what can happen. Hopefully, God's, God willing, everything goes fine and everything goes, you know, good for next year. But um, that was a curveball. It's been a big curveball this year because, you know, things that you wouldn't expect happen out of the blue. And um, your dreams get deterred a little bit. And, um, and then the rest of your season gets kind of shut down. Well, yeah, it shuts down. And. You're left with, with nothing um, but just training, um, if that, because you know, a lot of places were shut down in training. People couldn't train only at home. So uh, for me, I tried to find a way and try to make things, you know, paint the picture how I wanted and better on my half. But it's, it's, it's been a fight, uh, which I've been fighting, which I've been succeeding at. Um, but it's, it's definitely been challenging. Yeah, and, you know, I got a chance to talk to you back in the spring uh, for a story for Sports Spectrum, and we were talking a lot about some of the same stuff, and at the time, the virus was, we were kind of just learning a little bit about what it was, and it's kind of persisted on for a few more months now, and uh, yeah. it's just, it's been, a, it's been a crazy year, and 
you know, I, I just, what I, what I really liked whenever I talked to you was your entire approach to the Olympics. And, you know, I, I'll kind of let you explain that. But, you, you I mean, in, in short, you basically said, you know, this is another year for me to prepare and get better. But, um, you know, for, I guess, anybody who's listening that has maybe dealt with disappointment or, you know, they're excited about something and it doesn't happen the way they want it to, uh, maybe just share what your perspective has been and obviously the Olympics are a huge deal. And for an athlete that trains for that, yeah. you know, to, to have it delayed even a year, it, it can be hard. But uh, I just really appreciated what you said. I, I figured I'd just kind of let you speak from your heart. I mean, how, how have you – I guess what has your approach been? And then for anybody who maybe has been dealing with disappointment, what have you learned through this season that maybe you could help other people with? You know, for me, um, you know, life's you know, it's, it's not perfect. Um, things are going to come at you unexpectedly. But it's all about perspective and how you how you see things and how you can paint it, how you can make the picture uh, in your favor, how you can make the cards in your favor. So whatever you've been dealt with, how can you change that to make it your favor? So for me, my outlet, you know, my outlet, because, you know, here everybody, you know, didn't expect this to happen. You know, you, you're so close to you know, another dream coming true and bam, it's, it's, it's kind of taken away from you. Um, not completely, but... It, it was, and then here you are. For me, it's like, you know, I'm all about the process. I'm all about, um, you know, worrying about what I can't control and then looking at it from a different perspective instead of emotionally and, um, and especially emotionally because when emotions come in, it can it can blind you from, from the positive or, or blind you from looking at it from a different perspective or outlook and you can get stuck there. And then before you know it, you're, you're in there too deep. You're, you're there too long. And sometimes people go too far left. They never recover. Um, but when the thing is, regardless what, what whatever weather comes your way, you have to stay on the course. So for me, I was going to continue to train. I'm going to continue to get better, continue to look at it. So you know what? It may, it may postpone another year, but I got another year to get even that much more better. I got time now because I didn't have time before. But the thing is, so many people will get caught up emotionally and let the emotions be the driver of the ship instead of the action. Because you have to con continue to go forward regardless if it rains, regardless if it storms, regardless if it hails, regardless, it doesn't matter. You have to keep going forward because if you don't, the thing is the emotions. It's just like if you have a goal and direction and you're trying to get somewhere, right? But if you're too busy, if you don't keep the objective over the issue, you'll get sidetracked. So if I know I have to be uh, at a certain spot, and it may take it may take some years, it may take months, but if I if I lose sight of the objective, you'll start making pit stops at the side of the road that you shouldn't be at. And then before long, you're sitting you're sitting at a rest stop too long, you never got back up. Yep. Now you 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 get there and, and or you may not get there and you lost your opportunity. You lost your opportunity to get better. You lost time, and you can't get that back. It's too late. But regardless, you have that's why I said regardless of what's happening, I always keep the objective over the issue because I'm a, because the action has to keep going. Life is gonna keep going. Let's, it's just because stuff get you know happens. It's not. It's not going to stop for you. It's not going to feel sorry for you. It's not going to pity you. So for me, my thing is, you know what? I know what I can control, 
and I'm, that's all I can worry about is, is me continue to get better, me to keep grinding, me to stay in the fight. Yeah. Because I've, a lot of athletes I've seen shut down their season, completely just stop training. They, they stop taking care of They stop saying, you know, I got time. So now I can work on things that I'm really not really good at. So now before you know it, what you don't do now, it will affect you later. It will. Yeah. Even if not physically, mentally. Because like, dang, I had, I missed out on so much that I could have got better in, but I got sidetracked by my emotions. I let scenarios, I let, I let life paint a picture for me instead of me painting myself. Because regardless, I'm a, I'm a, regardless of what was th- is thrown at me, I'm going to take it and I'm going to make it how I want to. And I'm not going to let nothing stop me from my, con- my controllables. And that's hard work. That's, that's me game planning and me trial and error and say, you know what, this is this right now. All this is happening, but you know what? I got control of me. I got control of my actions. I got control of my grind, so I'm going to keep moving. And regardless of what people are experiencing in this, in this, in this time, there's no excuse. There, you have to find a way. You have to find a way. People stop finding ways. People want stuff handed to them. And that's not always the case. Mm-hmm. Stuff will get taken from you. It will. And you can't let, you can't, you, you, have, to, you have to be so disciplined in your life, so determined. Be like, you, you never not become what you're not being on a day-to-day basis. It doesn't, it doesn't matter what, what, what you have, what you don't have. You, you have, you have, you can control commitment. You can control you, you can control getting, finding ways to get better. There's always, there's a way. There's always a way. And for me, I've always found a way. I've never let circumstances stop me from finding a way. And people do that. Yeah. People, yeah. people will let the, the emotions overcloud the whole picture. It will, it, will, it will stop you from growing. It will stop you from keep training. It will stop you from, from, from seeing the objective. But all you see is what's happening, you know, but you're not in the present. You're not directing your focus, your vision, your mind to how it still can be what it is. Yeah. Even if it's, yeah. even if, even if it's postponed, the objective is still there, but now you have to look at all the whole picture, not just one. People just hone on to one thing. They get tunnel vision and that that will that will, in, internal vision and what i mean as far as something happens and they hone on what's happening instead of looking at everything and then redirecting mm-hmm. that's all like is 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 redirecting things how you want it to be and i and i've done that and i keep doing that because i know what's at stake for me i know what's at stake when i don't look at the objective and i don't do or i let life happen and me not me not be proactive but reactive i know it's at stake because i know i have to live with whatever the decisions i choose because every day you wake up you're like dang i um i'm soaking um i'm mad i'm depressed i'm bitter i'm this and that and you can get so caught up in that when the sun is finally shining you'll realize you when the sun is shining and that's what everybody do regardless of the circumstances and when stuff happens when the sun is shining I ask myself, where do you want to be? Right straight along with it? Or you want to be too far left or too far gone where it's just too late? And I was, and I can't, and I can't let that happen to me. 
because I work too hard. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. that's the mindset and the, and, and the vision that people have to see and understand when, when life happens. Because if not, when it all clears up, it's either you're going to be so far gone or you're going to be right where you need to be. And you want to be right where you need to be because you kept pressing regardless of the circumstances, regardless of the emotions, regardless of what cars were dealt with you. You kept moving. Now it's going to be in your favor. Man, I feel like that's a TED Talk right there. That's, that's great stuff. Like any athlete who's listening to this, like I hope that they take that to heart because obviously I know your story and we're going to get into kind of your, your personal story and how it got to where you're at now as an athlete. But yeah. you know, you, where did you learn that mindset or how did you, how did you grasp that mindset? Cause it seems like most successful athletes. And I know when, when you and I talked a few months ago, we kind of talked about some athletes that you look up to and you mentioned Kobe Bryant and kind of his Mamba mentality, this yeah. mentality that you're talking about. I mean, not everybody who plays a sport or does anything has that. And I think to get to the next level, whether that's in a business, whether that's, you know, in sports or something else, I feel like you've got to have kind of that mindset you're talking about where and when did you develop that mindset as an athlete? Um, for me, I, I'm for, personally, just for me, I'm, I'm a deep person. I'm very deep person. I'm, I'm very deep. I'm, I'm in tune with myself. I'm in tune with the world. I'm in tune with how people are how people act or how people react during certain situations. And I, I know myself to a team. One thing I, I've, I've been so alone and to a point where I know myself and I know how my mind works and I've, and I've fixed myself and I've, and I've directed my thoughts. I've redirected my thoughts. I redirected my emotions to, 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 to be in my favor because I know I'm my own biggest um, critic. I know I'm my own biggest um, enemy. I know it's it's just me, so I have to learn how to fight whatever comes up um, in, inside of, of of the mind because the mind is it's a powerful tool, and the devil and we all know, man, the, the hardest thing to fight is the mind because you have to fight that. Alone. So, regardless for me, especially when I was younger, I've 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 whatever cards I would dealt with, I, I still train. That's why I, I, when I was younger, I, I woke up at five o'clock in the morning. And to, 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 to train before school. Uh, I wouldn't go to prom. I didn't go to dance. I do none of that. I, I, I was so disciplined and I knew what I wanted and where I was going. And every trial that I went through in my life, when I was younger till grown, I knew how to fight. Yeah. That's one thing. I knew how to fight and I knew how to direct. I knew how to stay on the course, on the path because I've seen people get off of it or I've seen and, and they never recover. So I, I, I never wanted to be like that. So I knew how to fight the emotions of, of situations because every situation comes with emotions. It comes with it. Mm -hmm. And it could be overbearing to the point where you can't even act. You can't walk because you over, you're so overshadowed by the emotion. So for me, Regardless of any situation, I, I, I'm one determined. I, I was gonna fight. I'm going to find a way. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a straight grinder. I'm a, my, I'm so determined that I, I don't want to go back. I'm scared to, to, um, regress. I don't want to regress. So for me, it's it was it's about situations. Whatever situations, I learned to dissect it and I learned to, um, to to paint it how I wanted to paint it. And that's that's the practice. 
because that was the that's the the practical practice that I took. Life, life taught me that, and I, I whenever life happened, I, I went straight on and I took it head on, and I made it. I, I, I made it my my way. I didn't let it. I didn't let it. Life painted for me. I I, I painted. I painted it my way. I made. I made some erase marks and I and I and I dotted in whatever I wanted to dot in, but it was going to be my picture, and I was determined to make it always my picture. Um, so yeah, so I mean, yeah, you talk about life happening for you yeah. early, you know, and a lot some people that, that are listening they they may be familiar with your story. I think most people probably aren't super familiar with your story. You yeah. know, you 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 bounced around some foster homes when you were a kid, yeah. and, and and that obviously I think has has played a role in who you are now because you had to grow up and be mature at a very young age, I guess, yeah. kind of summarize what that season of life was in or that season of life and what that was like and sort of how you ended up with the, the family that you ended up with. And then obviously, you know, one of the big things I want to talk to you about is, is how you develop such a strong faith in God throughout this, all yeah. these experiences in your life. And you, I know you credit your family for that. So you just kind of yeah. I guess, share your, your, your story and your, your testimony here about, you know, starting, you know, in, in foster care as a kid and then, um, you know, just kind of how, how you ended up to, to, to having such a strong faith and being the person that you are. Yeah. For me, you know, I was, you know, got to take away from my mom. My twin and I got taken away from my mother when I was young, uh, probably five or six end up going to a foster care system. Um, you know, it was, it was bad. I remember the first home, they 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 swung a metal belt at my face. They made my sister and I fight. Um, we ended up going to another one. I ran away from home all the time. I was had to eat dog food. Um, you know, I couldn't read. I couldn't write when I was younger. And I remember praying to God, like, please get me out of here. Because I knew if I didn't, I'd be either in jail or dead. I knew that because it wasn't a good environment. And two weeks later, he sent a, a family my way. He answered my prayers. And I didn't know much about God, but I knew there was one. And I, and I prayed to him. And he, and he, and he God, one thing, he's, he's never left me. Regardless of any situation, he's, he's always been there for me. He's always shown me love. He always supported me. Um, and, you know, even when I got older, you know, and, I, and I, you know, my dreams and everything didn't seem like it was going to happen. Um, and I kept pressing forward. And I kept moving, regardless of what it looked like. I kept moving, and um, you know, even when I was young, man, I, I, was, I couldn't. I was in special ed when I was younger, man, yeah. and I wanted to test out. One time I got to high school, um, and I went to a predominantly all white school, um, and I didn't want to be just a, a dumb black kid that was just fast. And I've always had to fight. One thing for me, I've always had to fight, uh, and my validation. I learned my validation came from only me. You know, God showed me who I was. But I and I learned that I can't please everybody. You can't please everybody. The only person you can please is God. So I've I learned so much during my life about myself and my and my abilities to keep fighting and keep pushing. And even, you know, as I was I was older, man, I had a dream and I felt like, you know, a lot of people didn't support me or, or I was just alone. And during those times you find a lot about yourself and what you're made of and how strong your faith is and your vision. And for me, I've always had something inside of me that told me, God, that that was that my path was different. And it, and and if I and I remember, I tried to you know find a job or find and it didn't work out. And God and God, I was something inside that's different. It was it was just, I just knew 
where I was going wasn't what everybody else wanted me to do. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I kept pressing towards what God had faith. And I remember some appreciatory, uh, uh, God put something in your heart. He meant to put it there for a reason. And it's going to happen regardless of the outcome. And stuff that I've always encountered, I've always took knowledge and wisdom to. And I applied it to certain situations and I listened to God's voice when it was time for me to listen to it. Mm-hmm. Not my own voice. I always, I always tell myself, God, if this is what you want me to do, you get it. It's not about me. It's about you. Yeah. And it's, oh, you make it about him, trust me. What you thought you had for yourself won't be enough because what he has for you be more than enough. And regardless of my trials and the things that I went through in my life, I've always redirected my, my focus, my vision to him. I let him have it. I don't worry. I'm not going to worry, God, because what's that going to do? So I'm, all I'm going to do is I'm going to keep, I'm going to worry about what I can control, and I'm going to let you have the rest. Yep. And he's always done it. He's always took care of me. Oh, my God. Always. Yeah. And, you, and, and you've got siblings, too. And I know that, you know, yeah. when, you, when you were going through the foster care system and even whenever you got adopted – you were, I think it was kind of in your nature to, to, to be protective over your siblings. And now you were protective over your adopted yeah. siblings. And I know right away you were still kind of getting into some fights at school because you didn't know how to handle the situation. You know, I guess that, that yeah. season of life as a kid, a lot of times kids, when, when you know, at ages seven, eight, nine, ten, 10, it's a very volatile and, and pivotal time in a kid's life because they're starting to form into the person that they might become. and tough experiences like that on a kid can really, really affect somebody as they get older. And you had a pretty hard childhood. You know, how did you stay grounded and mature out of that to be who you are? I mean, what do you credit that to? I mean, I assume obviously your faith, but, um, you know, aside from your faith, what, what do you, what do you credit that to, to where you got out of that and you matured and, you know, stayed, stayed a grounded human being? Uh, my my parents instilled good values in me. Um, that that's one good good thing that helped me. And then um, seeing other people's mistakes, other athletes' mistakes, and then watching Rocky. I used to watch Rocky a lot, and he's he's helped me. He helped me instill a good of 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 motivation and determination and 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 things that I instill now. I, I credit a lot of that to one my my family having instilled good values. Two, Rocky. I used to watch all the Rocky movies. And three, I used to be like, you know, if these people have great gifts and they let their character get in the way of, of them being all that they needed to be. And I cut out, and I remember I cut out paid articles and I posted it on my, on my wall and I said I never made that mistake because I knew God gave me a gift and I didn't want it to, to, to go to waste. So those are the things that I credit to. And, and I, just, I just learned from life. I learned from myself, and I knew what I wanted to be and what I didn't want to be. And I knew what it took, and I wanted, and I knew what it, it took to, to be like the people I didn't want to be like. Yeah. So yeah. I credit that. And then as you get into high school, you know, obviously you're, you're realizing that, that you're excelling at, at football, you're excelling at track, and, yeah. you know, with, with that can come a lot of attention. It can come a lot of Correct. maybe media coverage and – for a lot of teenagers, yeah. it's easy to let that get to, to their head. And, yeah. you know, you talked about how you didn't go to dances. You just, you wanted to work out. You wanted to stay committed. I mean, how, how did you, how did you, how did you have, you talked about that tunnel vision that you had, but it can be so tempting for teenagers to 
you know, get into the social scene and, and not that you can't enjoy high school, but, but basically what you're saying is, you know, you had a goal in mind and there was nothing that was going to stop you. How did you stay so strong when maybe there were temptations to just go hang out with friends or, you know, to go to a party or do other things that typical teenagers do? You know, how did you stay different and above that noise per se? Because I knew what I wanted and I knew it was easy to get caught up. And I knew I had to be proactive instead of reactive. Yeah. I knew I couldn't be like everybody else because I knew I wanted to be well, I wanted to go places and I knew I couldn't let a slip up happen. Yeah. I could I mean uh, I mean I went to a, basically an all white school. I was only I was only a few black kids, so you know, anything you do is, is you know, will be blown up. Mm-hmm. So it, it it had that type of environment made me almost had it shifted my focus because I couldn't it was everything I knew if I had messed up it had been over the papers everywhere because I was I was fast I was the fastest in, in basically Ohio I was excelling in every sport I, I couldn't mess up so I had no choice yeah I did have a choice but I chose to do right I chose to I chose to protect what I wanted that's it that's my I was I had a, I did not want to be like people who messed up yeah. So I put myself in a shell and, and and thank God I wasn't really into all the partying and the drinking and all the other stuff. And one thing I would, I was, I told myself I would never conform to what the world is doing, to yeah. what people are doing. Yeah. And a lot of kids was conforming, you know, you get in a peer pressures. And my thing was people respect me because I said no. Yeah. And my thing was, I, was like, I don't care what anybody say. I'm the fastest. Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> like, I don't care. Yeah. So I I took that and I and I was strong mentally. I was strong as a kid to protect something that I wanted long term. And I think that took that takes a lot because a lot of people don't look at the whole picture and I did. Yeah. Me, I just was like, you know what? I want to be somebody. Yeah. Because I know that a lot of people don't make it. They don't. It's a slim chance. And I knew I wanted to. Yeah. So I protect my dream. That's all I did. I, I wanted to protect my dream, and I did. You grew up in a predominantly white area, and everybody yeah. is aware of the situations that are going on in our country with race. And you grew up in, in, in northern Ohio, and you know, my wife and I, we just recently watched a show. It's called Little Fires Everywhere. I don't know if you've heard of it or watched it, but it's set in Shaker Heights, Ohio. And the story was, is basically, it's a story of, um, it, it talks a lot about race, white privilege, and all those kind of things, and and, and it, it basically showcases how there's a black, there's a, a, a single single black mother and her daughter, and how they are treated by kind of a wealthy upper class white family in that area, and it just shows kind of the the discrepancies. And you and you mentioned, you know, like you're one of the only black kids in your school. Did you feel any added pressure? I mean, you talked about how, like, if I felt like I messed up, something was going to, you know, is going to get blown up. I mean, I guess I assume there was some added pressure. And, and and how did you deal with that just as a human being? But also, I mean, unfortunately, I mean, there is a race element to that that you had to deal with. And, and I mean, just walk me through. I mean, just because, like, you know, I, I wrote I wrote about this earlier this summer when all this stuff started happening. You know, like, I think a lot of white people are finally starting to wake up to maybe some things that we we thought we were aware of, but we were pretty ignorant of when it comes to race and, and just little things like that, that, you know, for me, I never would have to worry about that as a white athlete. Like if I mess up, you know, I may not have to worry about it being blown up. You're telling me like, you know, as, as a black athlete 
and where I lived, if I messed up, it was going to be blown up more than it would for other athletes. I mean, just as a human, as an athlete, what was that pressure like? And, and how have you overcame that, you know, over your, over the course of your, over your, over the course of your life and into adulthood? So so my parents, you know, kind of, you know, gave me the scoop um, and, and, and to be aware of, you know, you, you can't, do this you can't do that because it was it'll it be it be you you can't you're black you know what i'm saying so for me i was aware and it was kind of became normal so for me i mean i did i don't, I don't look at things as as pre i mean yeah it's pressure for a lot of people but i knew it became normal to me it was like if you you can't afford you cannot afford to slip up you just can't you can't Especially as a black man, like you can't, you can't, because if you do, dog, that's that's your dream. That's yeah. your that's your everything that you want is gone. It's gone, like it's gone. You can't. And then it's like you almost got to be perfect. You got to be perfect. You know, it's like your whole image. If you don't talk a certain way, if you don't do this, you do that, you'll be almost look. You'll be judged. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like you be you'll be judged. So. For me, it's almost like you got to play the game. <laughs> you got to play the game. Um, Man, like it just, to- it just like it, it hurts me to hear that you have to go through stuff like that because just like as yeah. a white man, like I, I can't even I, I, don't, I can't even fathom any experience that's similar to that. And like it, it hurts me to, to hear that like, you know, that was your mindset was like, man, I can't even mess up once or else my dream could be over. Like that's just something that like I've never had to fear yeah. that. And, you know, like, I know I wasn't personally involved in any of that, but it's like, I feel like I, I need to apologize on behalf of like the social construct that has led you and other black people to feel like that, because it's like, you should never feel like if I mess up one time, my dream is completely over. And it just like, it breaks my heart to hear. And I'm sure that there's plenty of other stories. And I'm sure you've talked to other athletes that have had similar experiences. And it just, you know, I, I my hope is that what we have seen this summer in the wake of the George Floyd death and Breonna Taylor death, you've seen all the protests. My, my hope is that in the years going forward, that those sorts of feelings that you're describing whenever you were a high school athlete are not things that, that black high school athletes or any minority high school athletes have to feel because a kid should not have to feel that much pressure if they mess up one time. I mean, teenagers are going to mess up. I mean, Lord knows I did plenty of stupid things when I was a teenager and you know, plenty of things that, you know, you know, maybe some people would have thought were really bad. Some people maybe not, you know, didn't think they were that big of a deal, but like you're saying, like you felt like, and maybe even if it wasn't true, like you felt like, and I'm sure there is some truth to it, but like, even if like, you know, maybe like you, you did something really small, you're, you're saying you felt like that could have been blown up much bigger than it would have just because of your skin color. And to oh. he- just, just to hear that, like, it just hurts to hear that as a white man, because like, I, I hate that you that you had to go through that. I hate that anybody else has had to go through that. And I, I, don't, I don't know. Like I just I don't I don't know what, what you know. I guess going forward, I think anybody who's listening like needs to pay attention that like that's the reality for a lot of people. And even, you know, we may not be aware of it, but that is the reality. So as you've gone into you know professional sports and you played college sports as well, I mean, has that still felt like it's the case for you, or has have things changed? Or I guess. I guess, yes, you can answer that question. And I'm also just kind of curious on, on this is a very broad question, but just you're, I'm curious on, on your thoughts. I mean, 
as, as you've watched the events of the summer play out, I mean, do you feel like maybe there is a shift changing in how this country views race relations or is there still a lot of work to be done? I guess there can be both of those too. We could still have you doing a lot and there's still be a lot of work to be done. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot of work to be done. Um, I think it's more aware now, um, which is a good thing. Um, I think, you know, the heart of changing people. And I think you just having forgiveness is, 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 is important as well. Um, I think, People have to look at things from the right perspective and have the right mindset and the right heart when it comes to these social issues, black and white or whoever else. Everybody has to be have to have have to have look look at things from the right perspective. Because, you know, you have you you even have, you know, you know, black people, oh, I don't like white people, hate because of what they've done. But I mean, you're no better than somebody else who with a different color that hates that person based off of it you, you just can't have that bitterness in your heart yeah you know what i'm saying you can and you cannot like the way people treat you but to have hate um is a whole different thing it's yeah. a whole yeah. different thing because then you you act out upon that bitterness inside of you and we'll and nobody wants nobody's perfect yeah nobody's you know um but we gotta learn how to forgive and keep people accountable but to have those those things on your heart it's not it's not good and I think, you know, I think even what's, what's going on and, and, and the awareness and, and understanding that, yo, a lot of this stuff that's been going on been happening forever, but it's either been, you know, we don't have the technology that we have now. Things been brushed underneath the rug, but it's, this is what people go through. This is what blacks go through. This is what maybe somebody else go through. And it's just like, it's, it's more of where, and it's, it's, it's not okay. You know what I'm saying? So it's like the, the change, I think, I mean, I think a lot of it, there's there's change that's happening. I think there's a lot more that needs to be to be to happen. But to, for people to open their eyes and 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 and, and sub, see things, because I think a lot of people subconsciously aren't aware or don't think oh that's happening, but yeah. it is. Uh, it's it's real and it's yeah. real out here. I think you know, um, and I feel like even you know us as, as a black community we always forgive we always quick to forgive which isn't bad but at the same time we always we let people take the easy route like yeah. oh it's okay it's okay which is which is got to keep people accountable like yeah. it's not i'm not gonna hate you but it's not okay yeah we, we the change has to come from the inside and i think we got to change people's hearts and from from all the way around, because people people get stuff done to them, and then they'll they'll hate that or think everybody's alike. Not all white people are alike. Not all black people are alike. There, there's good people and bad in every color there is. But people, something will happen. They're justified the whole. Everybody like that. Yeah. There's not everybody is like that. So and you can't just hate that kind or that just because based off of what somebody else who doesn't have good character does. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So my thing is people got to have an understanding heart, a forgiving heart. Not saying you can't keep people accountable, but you you can't walk around here bitter and mad. That's my thing. You can be mad, but you can't just have bitter and have that hatred on your heart because then you're no better than anybody else. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I was going to ask you, and I think you kind of hit on it, but I mean, yeah, like as a, as a Christian, you know, we have to approach these situations. Yeah. 
differently than somebody who maybe doesn't have faith in God or understand God's grace. You know, I mean, it can be very tempting to get into the contentious and combative conversations. And actually, uh, you know, this, this season on my, on my podcast, I've had several conversations with authors who have written books about that, about how Christians can respond in these situations. And yeah. you know, it's all about responding with, with love and with gentleness, you know, being truthful, like you're saying, speaking the truth, yeah. but doing it in a way that shows the kindness and the loving, the love that God has. I mean, when, when you've, when you've had conversations with people and I, I don't maybe you have or haven't had some tough conversations about this with people, but I mean, how has your faith and relationship with God guided you uh, you know, I guess in, you know, during these recent events that we've seen this summer as, as it relates to race and, you know, I think just society, I mean, how have, how has your faith and, and your relationship with God guided you through those conversations with people? I mean, for me, when you got God, when you have, you know, God in your heart and you see how he sees, um, you, you're reacting and you'll react to things, I'll say better. You'll understand things from a better perspective. Um, also, you won't be carrying around this this hatred or this bitterness so this and this and that on your heart. You won't have that because the, regardless, some people will fail to realize that the, the the people that that could be hurting you or people that's doing this might not even know. Like far as far as what's going on, or somebody make a statement and they don't even know you, but you're the one that's angry. You're the one that's mad, but they could be sleep just fine. But you're the one that's gonna carry all that on your heart, and I and I won't let that that bondage and that baggage be carried on my heart. Yeah, I, I can for you know what? Because I know one thing I know I'm not perfect, and and we can't not forgive people. We can't play God. That's one thing I never I never play God because I'm not perfect. Right. You know, everybody's either said something or done something out of anger, or said something that they say shouldn't have, um, and. I'm not going to sit here and say, I'm not going to forgive you. No, nah, nah, nah. like people made about the Drew Brees. Oh, nah, nah, nah. I'm like, first of all, if you look at the perspective, if you look at what he's saying, I don't think he fully understood. Yeah. Oh, I don't forgive Drew, right? I'm all that. Drew, first of all, Drew Brees don't even know y'all, but y'all mad at him. Yeah. Now you're going to, people going to act out. I'm like, you're, gonna, you're carrying all this on your heart that you shouldn't. Yeah. And everybody messes up or say something that they, they might not understand. Like, look at the whole picture. You can't, so regardless of what's going on in the world, I think having his mindset, his vision when it comes to every single thing that's happening and not just looking at it from an emotional point that, oh, I feel this and just getting tunneled onto that point, looking at it from a whole, um, it's, 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 I mean, I'm at ease and at calm. And I know, and it's probably tough for people to, to be like that and be so worked up, but God is in control, one. And, and two, you just got to have the right perspective and understanding. And a lot of things, people just, their character isn't right. They just, they care. And then it's, it's, it's nobody else's fault but theirs. Mm-hmm. So I think just people's, you know, when you, when you understand people in life and God, I think it, it helps you to put things in the right perspective. To yeah. Me. Your faith has guided you throughout your entire career. And one of, I think the, probably the most pivotal times was, so you went and played college football for a couple of years and decided you wanted to try to run track. And I'll kind of just let you tell that part of your story. 
and how you ended up playing rugby because uh, now you're, you're dubbed the fastest man in rugby. So walk me through how you went yeah. from playing college football to playing on the USA rugby team. I was getting ready for Olympic trials in 2012. Um, you know, I was probably running professional at that time, about a year and a half. Um, I probably had like $500 to my name. And I said, you know, if this doesn't work out, then I then what? And another four years, and I was tired of living, you know, below, way below my means. And, um, you know, I, I, I knew, I wanted to, I wanted, I felt like I had a story to tell. I felt like, I wanted to tell that I wanted to inspire people. I wanted to touch people. And I, and I felt like, you know, I wanted more out of life and for myself. And I had to be real. And I'm like, man, I can't, I don't know if I could do another four years like this. And then, I, you know, I saw rugby. I was getting, for me, it was, I said, God, what you want me to do? Um, I remember I looked on, I was in Google because I always study film. And I saw a track, I saw rugby and I clicked on it. And I started clicking, I started watching it. And I was like, dang. I thought, for me I'm like man there's a lot of space I can run, still run fast I can still get my my high which is running fast and I can be the fastest man in, fastest rugby player in the world but my main goal is I wanted to show people that if you have faith you can do anything you put your mind to if you work for it and I remember I was I, 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 I said God if this is what you want me to do give me a sign of direction I remember I emailed the CEO got on Google who to found, find he called me back the next morning we started talking it up Four days later, I packed all my stuff. I moved to Aspen, Colorado, where I, I drove down there. I was playing for a club, and it took $250 worth of gas. I had $250 left. I was sleeping on couches, eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And about a month of playing rugby, I got invited to the USA, the um, um, USA um, uh, development team in Canada, where the head coach was going to be there coaching. Um, I was there. In the tournament next day, out of everybody who was there, because they were all trying to get contracts, I was the only one who got a contract the next day. Wow. Bam. Became the world's fastest rugby player. Made my first tour and playing rugby for three months. Um, got a contract with Nike. Um, made the Olympics in 2000. Everything that I envisioned and wanted came true. But I, I painted this. I had this whole vision. This whole vision. And I remember before I left to even go to Aspen, Colorado, I told the, the – the, my team, my training group down here, I said, I'll see you at the 2016 Olympics. And then come 2016, I seen them same people at the Olympics. And they couldn't believe it. That's crazy. I mean, we kept in touch before the years. But remember, it was like, remember I told, I said, it was like, remember you told me at the 2016 Olympics, and there I was. Yeah. I had a vision, and I painted it. So, I mean, it wasn't, you weren't in the Olympics in the way that you thought you'd be, which was running track. Yeah. It was it was playing right. a sport you had never played before, and yeah. you know. You, so it, yeah. what I think is awesome is that you're just watching a video, trying to trying to improve your track skills, and on the side of the of the sidebar on YouTube or whatever was a video about rugby, and you yeah. just happened to click on it, and it's like you know what that looks a lot like what I did to people in football, and uh, you know I just as you as you go up there because I remember talking to you back in the spring, you were just thinking like man, I got to make this team. I got to make this team. And, and you're yeah, talking about, going back to what we talked about earlier in this conversation, just your level of motivation and focus. You know, I guess I, I don't want to say it was, it was more heightened, but like as you're, as you're preparing to make a professional team and you feel like maybe this is your last chance, 
was there anything different about your level of focus and determination during that part of your athletic career than maybe, you know, obviously as a kid, I mean, this is kind of like it. You said it's the last ditch effort. I don't really know what I'm going to do if yeah. I don't make this. I mean, walk me through that, that type of motivation, determination and focus. Um, it was, it was the same as what I've, what I've always done. Things I still good values in me when I was younger that whenever camp stuff came, it was second nature to me. But I knew that this was, I put my, all my eggs in one basket. This was all or nothing. And I had to make it. There wasn't no going back. So for me, I'd done everything I could on the day to day to make sure my dreams was coming, was going to come true, which I was used to doing. But the thing was this, this, I forgot, I forgot. I left something to go check, get something else. And this was it. Like, see, this is it. And this is how I said, bro, this is it, man. I said, you you, you put all your eggs in one basket. This got to work out, bro. And if this don't work out, man, you are screwed. And I couldn't. I didn't want to go back home. I couldn't go back home. I couldn't. So um, I, 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 I made it happen. And I remember because I was driving up there and I was crying. I'm like, man, if this don't work out, God, I'm screwed. And he was like, just trust me. He said, trust me. So I did. And what did he do? Just like that. Changed my whole life. Because I had faith and I kept moving. I love stories like that. You know, and, and, and faith, examples like that, they, sometimes for some people, they may not happen right away. And they may not happen an instant like that. So like, you know, were there, were there instances in your life where, you know, maybe you prayed for something and what you prayed for didn't happen or didn't happen the way yeah, you wanted yeah. to, you know? And so how did yeah, you, yeah. how did you deal with that? You know, cause it's easy to have faith when everything going is going great, but yeah. when things, when things are, are not going how we wanted it to, you know, maybe, maybe we prayed for something. Yeah. And this is something that I've written about and, and anybody who's, who's read some of my stuff will know this, but I'm of the mindset that, there really is no such thing as an unanswered prayer because if I pray for something and it doesn't happen, God knows his will for my life better than I do. And so if I pray for something and it doesn't happen, God's, that could be God's way of saying, that's not my best plan for you. So you may have wanted this, but that's not what I have for you. So I think for some people though, it's hard to have that perspective whenever maybe we're in a season where we feel desperate, like, man, I've got to have this job or I've got to get this opportunity. Otherwise my life is done. You know, in the times where you were disappointed and maybe you prayed for something that didn't happen or didn't go your way, how did you maintain your faith in God? Easy, just like you just said for me, I said, you know what, God, I'm not gonna be mad. And I, when I was, sometimes I was mad at the minute, but then I realized with the right perspective and the mindset, God, what you have for me is is better than what I have for myself. So you know what's best for me. So I'm gonna trust you. I'm gonna trust you. That's all I do. You know what, God. It didn't go my way, but that's okay because I know wait, your plan is better for me than mine. So I'm going to trust you. And I, and I trust him. And I just kept it moving. I just checked. You got to check yourself. I just had to check myself. Yeah. So you check yourself. And then once you align yourself with the right perspective, the emotions will line up as well. And you just keep going. So walk me through then. So you, you end up going to the, the 2016 uh, Olympics in Rio. What was that moment like whenever you walked into the stadium on the opening ceremonies and then when you took the field to play in the Olympics for the first time? It was, it was great. It was a surreal moment because this is something I sacrificed for. This is something that 
um, you know, hearing people I looked up on TV when I was younger, and now I'm sitting there next to them or talking to them, and it's just it's just crazy because who who would have thought? Yeah. Years would have thought. You know what I'm saying? Nobody would have thought I'd been here, but I did. You know, and even and even myself, you know, it's, it's it's shocking because you know when you trust God, He has even more for you, and and it all started, and then it just start from there. It started a long, long time ago, and those seeds I planted was 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 the growth and the flower that that blossomed when everything went together. Yeah. But it started a long time ago. It started, and you know, when, in times when you could have lost faith, times when you could have redirected your path and your plan, the time when you could have gave up. But I didn't. And all those things for me, I kept building the right things. And before I knew it, the house was how I wanted it to be. Or even better because it was God, how God wanted it to be. But if I didn't do all those steps before that, probably, I wouldn't be where I was at today. Yeah. So when I, when I was there, it was, it was all that. It was like, man, I'm here. I did it. Um, so... So looking ahead now, because uh, the Olympics are delayed one more year, but whenever I, when I talked to you back in the spring, you said, you know, you had some guys on the team that were hurt. Now they've got some time to get healthy. Yeah. And, and I know you guys didn't place as well as you would have liked to in 2016. So what, obviously we know what the goal is. The goal is obviously to win gold, yeah. but, but I mean, what are, uh, how, how do you like your chances heading into the 2021 Olympics? Because not this season, last season we finished second. We're right where we need to be. We've matured. We've grown as a, as men, as a group. We're very confident. So for us, we should we should win gold. We should win the medal. Period. So I mean, we're very confident in that because we've shown the world what we can do, and not only that, what well, we already knew what we could do. So we put down the building blocks for us to to be successful at the Olympics. So I mean, I'm excited about it. And I'm very confident about it because I mean, we've 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 done what people thought we couldn't do. Or yeah. people thought we could do, so we, we did it. And now you've got an extra year to prepare, so that's exactly. Know, that's, so the final question I always like to ask my guests: uh, the name of this show is "In No Hurry," and so the idea is basically, you know, we all live crazy, busy lives, and often it's hard to find time to slow down and just relax. And I know even right now you're still training a lot, and even during quarantine and all that, you've been training a lot, you know. But whenever you want to just slow your life down a little bit and relax and have some fun. What are some things that you do just to, to do all that? Um, I watch movies. I love, I love watching movies. I love listening to R and B. Um, I do a little, some painting. Um, I'm a, I'm a deep person. So I like to think. Um, so I just maybe just sit and think and, or walk and think. Mm -hmm. And, um, or, um, I don't know. I just like to go to nice restaurants and go to nice restaurants and, stuff like that on or, or ride my scooter down by the beach and yeah. or just different different views and just you know and, and things like that so for me um when i'm when i chill when, I, when i'm you know, not doing anything i like to do those things awesome so so where are you training at right now where are you living oh uh, man i'm right now i'm in austin i head back to san diego in a few weeks um, okay. i've been between austin and ohio um I was in Ohio for three months. So I was training down there, and then I'm training down here. Back with my old training group. Okay. Um, that when I turned pro. Um, so I'm down here doing track stuff because I'm trying to do two at the next Olympics. So uh, I'm also running the meet next week. So, yeah. You're running a track meet next week, you said? Yeah. So you, are you, try, you said you're trying to do track in the next Olympics too? 
2021, yeah. I was going to do it this year, but stuff got postponed, so. Okay. Yeah. All right, so have you already made the USA Olympic track team, or is those trials still happening? How does the, that work? No, the, the trials have to – the trials are supposed to be in June, but I okay. think it'll be next year. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, I'm just working on getting faster, which regardless will help me with rugby. So, whether yeah. I do it or not, I mean, it's going to go over, cross over to the rugby field anyways, which I always work on it anyways. So, That's yeah. Cool. All right, man. Well, we are excited about the Olympics next year. Excited to watch you. Hoping to see you bring home several gold medals then if you're going to be running track as well. Hopefully, we'll see you bring more than just one gold medal home. So, but thank you. Thanks right, for joining Mom. me. Thanks for joining the show, and it was great to catch up with you again. And best of luck with, you know, the next year training and getting ready for uh, the 2021 Olympics. Hopefully, this virus doesn't last long enough to where those are postponed even more. I'm having faith that, you know, this will be gone by then, so we can have sports and life back to normal a little bit. But, but yeah, man, thanks. This, this, yeah, this is great. We'll catch up again soon. Uh, maybe next year, uh, as it gets closer to the Olympics, we'll catch up and, and see kind of how the, the preparation has gone in, in, the, in, the, in the last year and get another update on, on Team USA Rugby and heading into, the, heading into the next Olympics. So thanks for joining, and uh, we'll catch up with you soon. Thank you, Teach, my man. Appreciate you. That might be one of my favorite episodes we've had on here in a while. Just super grateful for Carlin for coming on here to share his thoughts on what it takes to be a great athlete, sharing his story of faith and obviously his upbringing and how he became the person that he is and really appreciated his thoughts on race and the current issues that our country is facing right now. And I just can't wait to watch him next year in the Olympics. Obviously, I hope that we get to have the Olympics. Hopefully this virus is under control by then and we get to have the Olympics and other sports and other things that we're used to. But Super, super grateful that he was on here to share those thoughts, and I just hope that you guys are able to take something away from it. I know I definitely was. Hey, make sure you follow Carlin on social media and let him know that you enjoyed hearing him on this show. I will put his social media handles in the show notes so you can check that out and give him a follow. Speaking of social media, you guys know where to find me. I am Cole Claiborne on pretty much any social media platform. I would love for you to give me a follow. Let me know that you have been listening. And I would just love to connect with you, especially if you are a regular listener of the show. Also, if you haven't already, I would love for you to subscribe to my weekly newsletter. I send those out every Monday, and I just try to fill your inbox with some encouragement and inspiration each week. And you'll get a direct link to the episode and just a short little devotional and hopefully something that kicks off your week on the right note. So you can check out the link in the show notes for that or just head to my website, coleclayborn.com and find the newsletter tab and that will take you right to the page where you can sign up. But as always, thank you so much for listening. Hope you guys have a great week. We will be back next week with swimmer Eric Rizzolvato and he's got a great testimony to faith as well. And I can't wait for you guys to hear that. So have a great week. Hope you guys find some time to relax and not be in a hurry. We will catch you next week.